0: Welcome to the Grassroots Podcast, hosted by GreenIndustryPros.com, where we dive into the root of the trends, business strategies, products, and personalities in the green industry. My name is Ryan Wisner, editor of Green Industry Pros, and I recently sat down with Russ Junt, founder and brand lead of Conserva Irrigation. In today's episode of the Grassroots Podcast, Russ shares the story of how his passion for water conservation led to the founding of the company. He also gets into the current status of the irrigation industry in light of the pandemic. Let's listen in. All right. Well, Russ, uh, thanks for coming on to the Grassroots Podcast today. I, I appreciate you coming on.
1: Ryan, I appreciate the opportunity. It's always, uh, it's always exciting to talk about conserve irrigation, but it's really always exciting to talk uh, about the green industry uh, at large. It's just such a dynamic and ever-changing industry. I just absolutely
0: love it. It certainly is, definitely. And uh, just to, I guess, to kick things off, uh, why don't we uh, go ahead and talk a little bit about uh, how this year has been uh, for particularly the uh, the irrigation industry and that portion of the green industry with the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, I, I think uh, just before uh, we got started talking here t- today, you did mention that, you know, it could be in some cases that uh, some people are a little tired of talking about it, but it is something to consider just looking ahead even into 2021 how this year played itself out.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I appreciate that. It's, it is, it's one of those things I think all of us across the nation just kind of sort of tired of addressing and talking about, but to your point, it is best um, to to reflect, look at best practices, see where we can improve and, and see where we ended up and, and what 2021 is going to look like and beyond. So I think the biggest competitive thing for, conservative irrigation is uh, last fall in, in, uh, in October, we had an offsite shareholder leadership meeting at outdoor living brands. That's the parent company to conservative irrigation. And we had, a, a, we had very thoughtfully had planned this um, contingency planning uh, off-site meeting. And it really was, we didn't know what, or if anything was going to happen in 2020, but it's just one of those things we're on this long bubble of everything going absolutely fantastic. And so we started planning budgetary uh, um, contingency plans for 2020 in the event something went sideways. Now, truthfully, nobody ever would have predicted the pandemic because, well, it's never happened to this degree and certainly not on our soil here. So it's just it's one of those things that uh, I, I feel fortunate to be part of a group that had enough forethought to put contingency plans in place and to start putting those thoughts in place. So we, we came into to, to 2020 and when things did start to pop up just after our annual convention of all of our franchise locations uh, in February, we just thought, boy, this is, this is something. And we started really jumping into, Uh, back into these plans and and ultimately made decisions as things progressed into March that we needed to start to contract. We have to start to contract uh, um, expenses that were already budgeted in. We needed to look at contingency plans. What if there's going to be a 25%, 50%, 75% reduction in revenues to our brand? Because again, we didn't know how our industry, we didn't know how all the U.S. economy was going to react And so we very thoughtfully went through it and revised it and revised it and revised it. And that was through all, all business units at Outdoor Living Brands. So each of the different franchise brands, including conservative irrigation, but also Outdoor Living Brands and its, its um, support staff and some of its extra revenue streams or business units, if if you will. So that to us and to me, the greatest lesson there is that it allowed us to, um, really get a, get ahead of as best we could uh, this this awful scenario and and by doing so it really did give our staff uh, at outdoor living brands and at conserva it gave us um, an overwhelming sense of confidence that at least we've got great guidance we've got a great captain if you will with through our ceo and through our executive leadership team helping guide decisions here and each of us brand leaders as well and then that instantly then turned into Ryan. We started meeting with our franchisees. And as brand leader, founder of Conserva Irrigation, and I think you're familiar in the franchising world, many times you can't dictate to a franchisee, here's what you have to do. You can right. give recommendations, you, can, you have best management practices, you have systems in place, et cetera. And there's overwhelmingly a lot of guidance. But in this type of scenario, instinctually I stepped up and I just said, listen, we're all gonna meet. We're all gonna meet weekly as we normally do, but the cadence and, and may change and interrupt and go more frequently and it did. And I'm gonna direct this. We are not only gonna survive, but we're gonna thrive. And let me tell you why. And I just started going through all these different scenarios of contingency planning and what we're doing and how it's gonna relate to each of their businesses. And in a world like this, as, as, uh, ships are going down, if you will, uh, many people are going to remember how you acted and therefore it's very, very important as a leader, them individually as franchise owners to, to behave in accordance with, with that type of structure, meaning negatives come up to me, to Russ, you get the opportunity. You can call me at any hour. And they did Ryan, <laughs> by the way, they did. Uh, and that was great. And that was okay. And they did it, and, and they, they, they shared fears, they shared frustration, they, uh, they uh, shared terror, uh, and all of these things. And, but I encouraged them to constant positives down, positives down, and you are that duck on that water, feet going like crazy, but you are calm for your team. But I want you to share anything and everything negative with me. And, and so we did that, and that was the cadence that we went through. So I think it was very, very important Guidance through the PPP, guidance through being an essential worker, guidance through COVID-19 uh, protocols and, and all the different CDC guidelines, how we're going to wade through that and how collectively as a team we're going to share wins across the nation. So that's a long-winded answer, but I'll tell you, it was all of that that really got us successfully uh, through COVID. So I will share with you um, that we are up in franchise development considerably. We are, uh, we are. in fact, we, we've added uh, in excess of 20 licensed territories to date, and we're adding more as we have franchise training right now today uh, that's happening. In addition to that, we're up system-wide 37% year over year, which is exciting despite COVID, despite a weird election year, despite all sorts of unrest and rioting and all sorts of things like that, I think that we've all experienced, and uh, and, and we're up above our planned forecasted uh, sales and budget. So um, knock on wood, uh, I feel very fortunate that our entire team, all of our franchisees have come through this uh, exceptionally well.
0: Was that, uh, as as the pandemic developed and as things uh, uh, initially developed, it certainly did look like there could be a, a decrease in revenue, but... Uh, overall in the green industry, as, we've, as we're getting into the, fourth, the end of the fourth quarter here, it certainly appears that a lot of the green industry actually did exceptionally well through all of this because of so much of it being outdoors re- related and, and such. Was, was that true on the irrigation side as well? That's
1: absolutely true. And as I talked to uh, our different uh, partners, manufacturing partners, they're having, well in many cases, record years or at least record years in the most recent uh, decades. Uh, and same thing with supply chain, uh, etc. So yes, I, while we all did see a subtle contraction in uh, March and April, it quickly turned around into record months. It really did, and in fact, a record year, of course, uh, as we have, as we've gotten to this part of the year.
0: And has that did for uh, on the that irrigation side, has that been true? Kind of both. Uh commercial and residential? I mean was it was it a kind of a growth year in, in both sectors? Actually that's a great that's a great point. And oftentimes I forget the delineation there,
1: Ryan. We did see contraction in the commercial side as many of those types of businesses were negatively impacted as a result.
0: Sure. Um,
1: and depending upon what it was. And some of our national accounts, which are commercial properties, some of them uh, in the In the fitness world, for example, a national brand uh, just got annihilated absolutely annihilated so they while they still retained conserva as the pro in irrigation, all of the plans to revamp and to um, uh, invest a considerable amount of money into the efficiencies of those systems got delayed a year, and it really came into let 's just make for sure we 're thoughtful we'll turn them on so in in general, most of our relationships, either national, regional accounts, or even the local one-off accounts at each of the franchise locations, have reported the same. There has been some contraction in that side of it. Conversely, on the residential side, well, because of the stay-at-home mandates and the smaller smaller ticket sizes on average, if you will, the repeatable nature of our business, uh, and and how people still value green, lush, healthy landscapes and yards and and all that good stuff has kept us, actually that, that segment has grown uh, incredibly well.
0: That's uh, it's pretty much what I anticipated just based on having talked to others within the industry, because that's kind of what happened with some of the the landscapers as well. So, where some of the commercial did go down some, but the residential came right uh, way up just with that curb appeal issue uh, being even higher with everybody staying at home, so. Um, so, with that, with that said, uh, based on how things played out in 2020, looking ahead into 2021, knowing that this year there was that type of increase on the residential, with a little bit of a dip in uh, on the commercial side. Right now, obviously, nobody really knows what's going to happen uh, with COVID going into 2021. What is what is the outlook uh, going forward as far as what's what, what's the plan going into 2021? Well, our biggest uh, message um, to
1: to our entire leadership team, our biggest message to each of the franchise locations is uh, exactly uh, very similar to what it was before. Head down, head on a swivel for opportunity, and to be able to pivot, of course. But head down and focus on the fundamentals of business. And I truly believe this is this is what's uh, really helped our entire organization, and I mean the pure essence of blocking and tackling, just focusing on proper budgeting, proper execution, proper uh, systems in place for duplication, replication, and building scale, all of those things, and just tightening up the ship so this is this is while we while we all have uh, experienced that we 're tired at at points of, of this whole pandemic. Um, the resounding message from leadership down uh, to our entire team and, and they're rallying and they're, they're definitely executing to this level is listen, as, as our quote unquote competition or those in the marketplace that might be getting a little weary, it might be getting a little tired, rest assured conservatism we're going to continue on. We're going to put that, that, uh, uh, the, the, our foot on the, on the, on the gas, if you will, continue to, to keep, uh, Uh, head on a swivel for other opportunities that are going to come up for us to accelerate our growth. And we're going to continue to work hard and diligently. And again, the fundamentals of business, that blocking and tackling.
0: With a look at, at how things played out in 2020, should the pandemic continue into 2021? Do you foresee that the opportunity for that, for that growth to still continue or, you know, if if people are still uh, a lot based at home is it going to possibly look more like well they kind of spent some of that money in 2020 already and there's only so much they're going to spend on uh, on those types of outdoor things
1: that that that's a great question and that may be true for bigger ticket items we have a sister company called the Archidec, and their their average ticket size is obviously is considerably larger than uh what ours is so they're building backyard uh, uh, pool areas, deck areas, and uh, porches, and all that type of thing, which are, which are considerable investments, and they have done. They're having a record year in 30 years they've been around. This is a record year, and and one could argue that things like that, big ticket items, there's a little bit of uncertainty going into it, and what you know, and relative to maybe election results, relative to continuation of of COVID, relative to all sorts of uncertainty, um, one could speculate if that's going to. Uh, continue in a robust bear uh, uh, you know bullish rather type of of market or if it's going to be a little bit more bear and uh, I can speak to that side of it Um, for that company we're doing some we're doing some uh, bullish types of uh, of budgeting and uh, revenue expectations, just to quote unquote, you know, just be realistic about it, if you will, and to be conservative. On the conservative side of things, relative to the green industry and, and, and what we do, I, I'm a, I remain amazingly bullish. There's, again, as stated, there are ticket sizes on average. Uh, remember, these are repeatable service events where we're out to a property uh, two and three and sometimes four times or more in a, in a given season. And it's, uh, it's necessary repair to these systems. And because we do work with the efficiency of the systems and ultimately, which is tied to how much water they're using and extrapolated out how much money they're having to spend for that water, the right amount of water delivered at the right times by the light, by the right mechanisms, gets them right in alignment with, uh, with that budget spend. So I think there's a good short term return on that investment and more likely it's, it's very much an essential service. they you're not going to sit at home and watch that geyser of a head just pouring down the street. It just doesn't make sense. Nor are you going to shut that system off and uh, let your yard suffer as a result. So I feel, I feel like uh, we're somewhat insulated from any types of downturns.
0: Okay. Fair enough. That, that, that makes sense. And I guess to, to, excuse me, uh, to play off that then, since you were talking about part of what it is, is, uh, is the technology and, and uh, um, that, and the importance of the, the water conservation and stuff. Um, one of the things I did wanna also talk to you about is uh, just the smart irrigation system and, and, uh, and how that applies. And could you talk a little bit about that and that and uh, what the benefit of, uh, of that technology is for your customers?
1: Yeah, perfect. So uh, at, at the very core level uh, of it is that we developed a system around Smart sprinkler systems, smart irrigation systems, meaning it's not always uh, the actual components uh, it's more so the state of the the state of the system, the as found if you will, and then going at it in a blocking and tackling type format you'll see that's in my vernacular, but really going at it in a fundamental, methodical, thoughtful way. So instead of applying and throwing technology at a system that is antiquated in disrepair that has been neglected um, for a variety of reasons. It doesn't always make sense to throw the latest and the greatest technology at it, hoping that that will solve it. Now, there'll be some people that will share that with you. They think that is, and perhaps there may be a manufacturer of one of those components that they think is the save all, the, the, the savior of the situation. Um, we developed first, uh, a system, well, it's called a system efficiency score. It's a 45 point, it's a proprietary checklist. It's a 45 point checklist that Ryan, what it does is it homogenizes the experience across the nation. Any one of our 200 to 300 technicians across the US, they will approach your property no differently, going through from point of connection Uh, and how that's assembled and and the options around that all the way to the the controller and if it's simple, if it's smart and the different options around that to the different types of uh, sensors uh, and the importance of them and how they're controlled and monitored all the way down to simple hydraulics, water moving through pipes and is it staying in the pipes? In other words, most likely there's lots of different leaks associated with it. So we really do a prioritized uh, approach. So high priority issues, that's how everything out of this 45 points falls into three silos or buckets, if you will. High priority issues, those need to be addressed first. Look no further. These need to be addressed first and stop the leaks. Think of it as triage. The patient is thrown on the gurney. Rushed into the emergency room, We're, yes we need new teeth, I get it. Yes, we kind of sort of need to pretty up some of those scars, but before that we've got to stop the hemorrhaging. So main line leaks, lateral line leaks, broken heads, broken nozzles, clogged nozzles, then we need to go to the next level which is design issues. As you know, in the ever-changing green industry, the landscape world, things grow, things change, things move, either on purpose or it just simply happened. So these systems have to be adapted to that. And just make for sure that the overall design concepts are right, head-to-head coverage, proper nozzling, all that type of stuff. And then from there, let's talk about efficiencies, let's talk about smart controllers, flow sensing, other rain sensors, of course, let's talk about connectivity, let's talk about high efficient spray nozzles and the importance of that in distribution uniformity and really getting granular on that thing to tune it up. It makes no sense though to talk all about those high efficiency things when we're hemorrhaging in the main lines, lateral lines, broken heads, broken nozzles. So our SES, if you will, what it does ultimately is it just to the consumer, it justifies the the experience. It justifies, hey, this is, I'm glad I I signed up for this free inspection. I'm glad that I signed up to learn more about my system. Uh, It justifies and ratifies my decision to do so because these are the pros. But then what they did for me is they quantified everything got seven broken heads, two lateral line leaks, a drip line leak or a drip line that's been torn to heck because of uh, little rodents in that mulch bed or whatever it might be. And then it ultimately monetizes the experience. We use flat rate upfront pricing to share with them instantly. Here's what it's gonna take to make those corrections in each of those three areas, but make no mistake, you're gonna start with high priority issues before we move on to any others. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. For sure. And, and so the way this applies, then that's like you said, that that's going to apply across all, all the franchisees. I mean, that's everybody's doing it the same way.
1: You got it. So franchising is all about systems. And sometimes uh, there's going to be people listening to this podcast that are cringing. Oh, it's taking away my ability to be autonomous. It's, it's the McDonald's of the of the irrigation world or whatever, and all the things you can label it as. By the way, I would take that as a huge, huge compliment, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of sort of a large company with a high level of success, both at the franchisee and franchisor level. However, uh, the reality at the end of the day is, um, while our industry traditionally has uh, viewed itself as um, uh, artisans, if you will, taking a lifetime to learn this craft, in, in ultimately being contrarians, uh, not accept, accepting any part of the industry's status quo, questioning it, turning it upside down, ratifying it and recreating it if necessary, we don't have a lifetime. Our industry uh, by nature has uh, either chosen to in, in aggregate or individually as we have this very fragmented approach, a lot, of, a lot of folks owning a lot of what can be labeled as mom and pop shops, if you will, uh, across the U.S., which is a great, wonderful thing, but but it's wasting, in aggregate, about 1.5 billion gallons per day, and I don't find that to be acceptable. Quite frankly, it keeps me up at night. It's the, it's the pure reason why I founded the company, Conservation's in the name Conserva, and so ultimately, at the end of the day, these systems allow for young men, young women to enter our business, to enter our industry, and also business owners that otherwise never would have gotten involved in the irrigation industry. There's never been a system to take outside talent. When's the last time, as we're dealing with and, and have the wonderful blessing of when's the last time we've had a pharmacist that that is actively a pharmacist departing that industry and coming to work in the irrigation space? It just doesn't happen. So it's this it's this amalgamation, if you will, or this, this large pool that's being brought into an industry because there are systems in place. And they can all, either the business owner all the way down to the apprentice or junior tech, can learn through systemization, can learn through repeat, can learn through all of the, the measures that we use to build scale and while building that foundation to learn it the right way. No bad habits. Get, get rid of the bad habits.
0: With that in mind, then I mean, just from within the green industry, do you find that I mean, do you do you have franchise franchises that are um, where it's I, I mean, like you like you mentioned uh, there within the green industry, there is a lot of those uh, quote unquote mom and pop uh, type operations, or or just where it's the guy that started maybe mowing lawns when he was still in high school, and then ultimately still is maybe just him and a, and maybe a couple of people on his crew. Are those types of people at all getting getting into conserva irrigation and to to add to you know they're already st- they're still doing landscaping but then they get into conserva to kind of build up what they're what they're doing? Absolutely. So we have a, we have many different, uh, really about four different uh, areas where
1: people come in to become franchise owners in our industry uh, or within our company. And 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 number one is that um, it can be a conversion play like that. Uh, which is fantastic. Maybe somebody that is only in irrigation or the larger portion of their revenue comes from irrigation, but they maybe have have reached some sort of perceived ceiling or they're to the next level where to really ultimately build scale to increase their profitability, to increase their top line revenue and and to broaden and truly get into true marketing for irrigation and true systems in place and proper CRMs and all that type of stuff that maybe on their own would be too cost prohibitive. Those people come over and they do exceptionally well with us, variety of different levels. Maybe they're only doing a couple hundred thousand all the way to our largest conversion was at 1.5 million. Now, just a year and a half later, later, has already burst through the two and a half million mark, which is fantastic and a higher level of profitability, which is even, that's the idea. Uh, we have right. those that are what we call industry participants or second in command that have done exceptionally well that maybe work for whatever, they work for Joe's irrigation and their name's not Joe and they're never gonna be, have an opportunity to become Joe. So they wanna step away uh, and, and then start out on their own with full systems in place and access to it. And we've had folks like that that have done exceptionally well. We have others that are green industry participants, as you're alluding to, that maybe want to diversify their offerings. There There's so many fantastic landscapers out there, hardscapes, softscapes, doing these beautiful designs and working already in the same client base that we are that, for the lack of a better word, are probably tolerating irrigation because they haven't dove into it, they haven't... um, uh, really dug into it like they have for uh, landscaping to become the pros that they are. And therefore they kind of sort of, uh, give referrals or they deal with it on their own as best they can, but they, they might even get frustrated with referring another irrigation participant because it's another lackluster opportunity and and, and the referral goes sideways and it, it's it's a bad reflection. However, that works out. So many people that want to simply diversify their offering and bring in irrigation as another added offering, we find that to be highly successful, probably 25 to 30% of our franchise operators are that. And then the last is, is what we call the uh, uh, more so the corporate refugee. That's it. I am no longer going to be a pharmacist. I'm no longer going to be in marketing. I'm no longer going to be a CEO. I'm no longer going to be uh, uh, an analyst at a, at a financial company. We have all sorts of awesome backgrounds there. But see, what's that bringing? Is It's bringing just this beautiful wealth of knowledge, and we value that. I may have founded the company, Ryan, and I, I'm very, very proud of it. This company is not at all uh, what Russ founded those many years ago. This is, this is all what I call cooperation, cooperating, collaborating group, group, uh, best practices, bringing in all of us thoughtfully growing. And, and, and that's why the company is growing so fast is because of all four of those backgrounds, we value input, we value their backgrounds and experience and, and why not utilize that to benefit all of us. So we see, we see all those different backgrounds and, and, and consequently it's, it's been nothing but an exceptional positive thing.
0: That's outstanding. That's, uh, and how, and how, how long ago uh, did you, uh, uh, found a uh, conserve irrigation? I, I'm uh, unfortunately, uh, not totally familiar with the, with the background of the company.
1: No, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, so I, I, uh, so Back in the uh, early 2000s with my business partner, Lifelong Buddy, and and uh, we've known each other since the fifth grade, he and I uh, owned an underground utility construction company. And that was uh, mainly doing utilities, uh, fiber, fiber to home, uh, phone lines, things like that. And so we were working with back then Quest for many, many of these projects and and uh, we had great success at it, but we always got chased down, Ryan, our smaller equipment. We had big equipment, big backhoes, big trucks, big Vactrons, big directional drill equipment, mud pumping trucks, whatever. But we also had some smaller equipment. We had some LM42s and some case mask, maxi sneakers. And inevitably, that, those crews would get chased down by residential homeowners that are like, hey, can you put in some irrigation? Uh, no, that's not our world. Uh, well, you look like that's what you do. Can you please do that for us? So like anybody in the irrigation world prior to Conserva, nobody really goes into irrigation on purpose, right? You find yourself there. <laughs> and then it's Hotel California, right? Check out anytime you want. You'll never get out of this industry. And that's, you know, it's got, we kind of laugh about that chunk, tongue in cheek, but the, a lot of it actually is pretty true. So so with that is inevitably we were developing this new neighborhood and bringing in all these phone and fiber and things like that. And And you'd always have to ask the homeowner, you know, do you have an irrigation system? Simply how we go from the pedestal to the home, that would tell us if we're hand digging that or if we're using machine, et cetera. And uh, inevitably one day I just said, hey, do you have an irrigation system? They said, no. I said, do you want one? They said, yeah, we've been chasing down. We've had nine appointments, nine no-shows, and we can't get anybody to show up to give us an irrigation bid. All right. So we went, we said, fine, we'll do it. And that was on a Thursday on Friday. We went with, went and met with a, a distributor and started to learn a little bit about irrigation. I didn't own an irrigation system myself. On Saturday we installed the system in my house. On Sunday we installed one in my business partner Tom's house and on Monday we went to that homeowner's and we, involved a very, we, we installed a very lackluster system which is still a client of ours today. Uh, and it's improved over the years but it was heads right next to each other because I didn't understand nozzling. It was just miserable. But it worked. It still works today and they've been great clients and that's 20 years later almost right so it's just crazy how it worked out but as quickly as we got all of a sudden we started finding that many many people we just simply throw a yard sign out or get the word out and the phone rang like crazy we couldn't get over it but as as enamored as I became with irrigation the whole prospect of putting these systems in and we learned all about how to build them and all that good stuff at the time as best we could on our own but I came very, very uh, disenfranchised, if you will, being from Minnesota. It just seemed like water was being wasted. Here we have less than 1% of the earth's water that's, that's suitable for drinking. And what are we doing with it? Hooking up an irrigation system and spewing it over roads and driveways and sidewalks and onto cars and during middle of rainstorms and just after rainstorms. God, it just seemed, it drove me crazy. And again, being from Minnesota... We don't hug every tree, but we do love our trees there in Minnesota. And then being with water, the land of 10,000 lakes, I love the water. I love it. And I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. So we stepped away for a couple of years. And in the meantime, we had, uh, we purchased our first ever franchise. It's called Mosquito Squad. And uh, we were the first franchisees of that system. There's over 330 locations nationwide, 17 years later, we still own that company as franchisees, love it. Uh, And it's been a fantastic company for us. With that great success in learning, and I was unfamiliar with franchising was, had many of the same feelings and fears and felt like I was going to lose my ability to be autonomous. In fact, I was actually egregious enough Ryan to think that I was going to teach them how to do business. Well, (laughs) that quickly turned around. Like I know nothing about business and systems. I thought I did. I didn't know anything. So we had such great success early on. And still today uh, after four years, I went to Tom and I said, I want to go back into irrigation. There's something about it that was very rewarding for me. And so what I'd like to do is Tom, I'm gonna do the research, let's buy an irrigation franchise, much like we did with Mosquito Squad. And to my dismay or actually delight at the end of the day was there was no such thing as an irrigation franchise. It's amazing, there's franchises for everything, everything, Mm -hmm. including as you know, picking up dog poop and everything in between. (laughs) So I thought that's amazing and curious. So I studied like crazy. Went into the, this is uh, uh, December 9, uh, 2009, studied like crazy going into 2010, had enough knowledge, went to Phoenix, Arizona for the fir- my first ever Irrigation Association national show, trade show for the Irrigation Association. And sure. uh, I was in heaven. I walked in and they were saying things that they weren't saying a few years previous. High efficient sprinkler nozzles, pressure regulated heads, smart controllers there was only a a handful at best not even but smart controllers sensors being thoughtful about design and and i was in heaven and i went to work like crazy loved that show a month later founded the company studied again for another seven or eight months with great intensity Um, very much a data nerd uh, that way but uh, opened up our shop in Minneapolis in August of 2011 in the first 90 days we had 305 clients and I knew we were onto something and then from there came down the whole idea of of uh, building scale first at that location and then going into we developed pilot locations didn't franchise because you need proof of concept we chose the road of literally gifting uh, uh irrigation pilot franchises in different parts of the nation, but they had to invest, they had to uh, invest in marketing. And so we could get the, find out the idiosyncrasies of the acceptance of marketing per region and do the same thing. The difference between poly PVC and all the different idiosyncrasies of design and install uh, across the nation. And so we did that. And by December of 2016, we had complete awesome proof of concept. And uh, by June of 2017, we franchised uh, the company officially, offered the uh, franchise disclosure documents, registered that with the SEC and there's a lot to do with that and away we went and we're coming close and you're going to see an announcement soon uh, of, what, of going over 100 licensed territories in three years and it's been uh, it's been just fantastic and we're only getting started
0: that's great that's that's fantastic too to hear that you've been able to grow that much in, in that amount of time. So, I mean, that's um, and, and to, and to realize that uh, you kind of were able to kick off the, even the concept of, of a franchise based company within the irrigation industry that, because it's just simply wasn't there, which is, which does honestly sound surprising.
1: <laughs> it is,
0: but it is, it's a
1: first to market is such a competitive advantage and uh, we had that with Mosquito Squad. I didn't anticipate that with, with irrigation, but because the industry has been around for such an extended period of time, uh, there's even that much greater of an opportunity, meaning these, these systems are some, estimated to be some 45 million residential systems already in ground, already active, already in need of repair uh, and uh, needing service and, and being needing the opportunity to be upgraded and to become more efficient. And then you could factor in another, whatever the true numbers are, uh, nobody truly knows, but another 20, 25, maybe 30 million commercial properties. So this is an exceptionally large business. So as stating Ryan, so er early on, uh, what I wanted to touch base on was early on, I was speaking at a national, it's basically a national convention for a company called Hindsight Software. That was our first CRM, out-of-the-box CRM, fantastic, and and love the company, love David Curry, uh, and he's just really got a great program there and a great, great group of employees and, and engineers, but we simply outgrew it. We're a little bit different, right? So our uh, square pig didn't, didn't always fit into the round hole there, so we went out and formed our own proprietary, uh, built their own proprietary CRM. But that said, I was speaking at uh, his annual convention. It was at the Mall of America. And I want to say there was 58, um, um, you can call them competitors, industry participants that were uh, my peers that were in all across the U.S. and actually some from Canada. And it was fantastic. In fact, uh, two of those individuals have since joined, or maybe three have joined force and, and, and are part of Conserva now, which is awesome. But... The point was I made a very controversial statement, and it wasn 't intended that way, and I stand behind it still today. I always just said you know because he asked about where do you see the future of conserva and how do, how do you view it as you guys march across the the country and I said, well the uh, the way I see it it 's very simple there 's three choices: you can either be with conserva or you can be with conserva or you can be with <laughs> with conserva, and of course. His mouth is a gape, every smile is a gape, <laughs> jerk, <laughs> whatever the names are that are coming out of me. I'm like, no, 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 let, let me back off that a second. Let's think about it. You can either be with Conserva, and you can wear the blue, fi- fly the blue cl- colors, be part of our team, be part of the franchise opportunity, and it's fantastic. We would love that. Man, that'd be great. Or you can be with Conserva, meaning temporarily you wear the blues, because we sub out a lot of work. We get... We're so good at marketing. We're so good at systems where we get more work in than we can process. So we qualify and we work with some of my best friends in life are not part of this company. And they're, they're technically by nature, a subcontractor. I would look at them as a partner of sorts. And so you can be with conserva that way. Or the last one simply is you, you can compete with, with conserva. That's also with us. You're competing with us. And that's great too. That's the beauty of it. We most likely will not cross paths. As long as we're professional, as long as we're priced accordingly, there's no, no reason for us to compete with other savvy uh, players in the industry. It's, we're going after those that are not thoughtful about design. We're going after those, not even going after them. We're simply recipients of their clients because we are there. maybe those that are not thoughtful about design, not thoughtful about service and, and being great in those arenas. Those that have no envision of being part of this company, that have no vision of, of, of building scale to this level, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's fantastic. And you can compete with us, coexist with us. We can both be beneficiaries of it and learn from each other. And I, and I never, ever hide secrets and pull punches with those types of folks because simply we we value people that are pros in their business. And this is a large industry. And so learn from Conserve it all you want relative to how we market or how we posture ourselves and how we really truly uh, become sales professionals and customer service pros. Plenty of room for us.
0: Sure sounds that way, and and uh, you've certainly proven that in the past few years as as you continue to grow and uh, and even within uh, twenty twenty you uh, the the overall green industry and irrigation industry. Industry certainly uh, continued to grow, and it looks like uh, you have uh, every opportunity to for that to continue in 2021. You got it.
1: Well, it's exciting. Well, I appreciate um, the the opportunity to to tell you a little bit about the conserva story. Um, I appreciate what you do uh, by way of communication with this awesome podcast. These are. They're, they're invaluable uh, and they just offer such unique perspectives where I think uh, you can really get a, a handle on and, and, and get into the mindset of, of your guests, which I think is great. And Green Industry Pros itself is just a, a, a fang, fantastic medium where that's that's how I learned. It's just so neat to see all the, 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 the thoughtful articles and perspectives and things of, of importance that we're all dealing with collectively as an industry. And, and, and as Conserva grows and we, we discern, I think the common, the common thing of the franchise owners at Conserva is no different than the common things in the green industry at large, which is we all wanna be part of something bigger than ourselves. We all wanna be part of something special that's unique that when we look back at the end of the day, it wasn't about working. It was about being passionate about something and loving it and being able to look back to say i built something and that's the beautiful part of this entire green industry as large as it is, is but as specialized as it is we can look back as uh as a eclectic group of owners and just say man we built something and it was cool and we did it the right way and and we made impact
0: well that's it for this edition of the grassroots podcast Thank you to Restaurant of Conservative Irrigation for taking the time to talk with us today. And remember to tune in bi-weekly for another Fresh Cut episode of the Grassroots Podcast by GreenIndustryPros.com.